we're going to get around the Word this evening. Come on, yeah. Have you got your Word with you tonight? And, uh, and my prayer, as I'm sure is yours, is that this Word will form my life. I've got some good thoughts on my own, but nothing competes or nothing compares to the Word uh, and the wisdom and the longevity and the truth that God has. And uh, if I could only apply it to my life, I'll actually be a greater person, a stronger person, a more deliberate person, a more loving person. And so tonight, Lord, we're going to pray that you would wash this Word over us. So would you pray with me as we just get ready for the Word? Lord, tonight, come and be with us, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are delivering into our lives tonight, Father, something that's from you. Lord, I thank you that even between my words, there'll be a thread of you, Holy Spirit, as you illuminate the word and bring light to areas of our life that you, Lord, are working on. Father, we thank you, Lord, that there'll be a great fruit in our life from your word tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to turn a little later to uh, Matthew 13. You can turn there now if you want. We're going to jump around a little bit before then. But uh, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. And actually, you would have heard it probably many of you before. It's the passage of the, the farmer and the seed. I actually brought some seed with me tonight, some almond seeds, if I can uh, extract them from my pocket. And uh, it's an amazing passage of Scripture. And really, this, this passage of Scripture is, is really talking about our salvation. It's the parable that Jesus is, is referring to. But there's certain types of soil that this seed is falling on. That's where we're going to land tonight. But, you know, God has a way for us to live that should bear fruit that is evidence of His character. The fruit I try to bear in my own life, in my own measure, is sometimes good. It's sometimes terrible. But the measure and the fruit that He is able to grow is always perfect. And it's always beneficial to people around me. The longer I walk with Christ, the more fruitful my life should be in reflecting a beautiful God, a good God. A God that has an abundance in every season, like hearts were sharing so deeply before, whatever we're facing, there is evidence of God and Christ in a mix my life. Whatever is before me, whatever my feet are planted in, whatever I'm looking at, there is still yet evidence of Christ in love, joy, peace, patience. And God will challenge us all if the fruit of my life is not evidence of Christ to those around me, He's got some work to do. In fact, He's always got work to do <laughs> until we get to heaven, until all is revealed and we are made perfect and complete. There is always a great work he's doing in us. And so if you're new to the walk of church life or walk of Christ tonight, let me encourage you. We all have a way to go. <laughs> we are all are being beautifully formed by God and being led by the Holy Spirit. So just stay someone who is led and he will always take you on the right path to be able to form Christ in you. There's an amazing passage of Scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 23. And this is from the Passion Translation that I've been reading a little of lately. And it says this here. Now it's time to be made new by every revelation that's been given to you. A time to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and in union with Him. For God has recreated you all over again. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I need that each morning after I've got my kids off to school. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me again. <laughs> uh, all over again in His perfect righteousness. And you belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. God, make me new. I want to be made new. I know the old me. I know what I'm like in my, own, in my own abilities. But God, I want to be made new. I want to be helpful to people around me with the light of Christ that is on my life. The way I live matters. 
you know, uh, as life goes on, my life should be bettered, should be better the longer I walk with Christ. Maybe circumstances aren't changing, but certainly my resolve, certainly my ability to find hope, and certainly the, the speed in which I run to Jesus. I should be running quicker to Him as I grow with Him than maybe I did when I was a first, a younger believer. I should speedily run to Him and know in that the fruit is quickened. Uh, we moved um, on Easter weekend, that was crazy, amidst lots of services and uh, let's not go back there. But um, about three months later, James calls me from the car and says, I've just, I've just driven home past our new house around the Avalon Bends and I'm parked in our old driveway. And I stopped the car and thought to myself, something's just not quite right. <laughs> so here he is on autopilot, traveling on old paths to an old residence that doesn't belong to us anymore, and then realized something is not right. You know, God has relocated you. There are paths, there are homes, there are places that you don't reside anymore, for God has changed your address, and He doesn't want you to go on autopilot. He doesn't want you to go on the old pathways, pathways that you used to tread. He's got new pathways for you to tread in, new places for you to call home. I think the quickening of the Holy Spirit when we're in an environment that is not where we're meant to be is a beautiful, a beautiful gesture. Have you ever felt like that? I don't belong here. This is not me anymore. Maybe that's more evident as we first step into life with Christ, but certainly in our, in our character or the way we react, we can revisit old, old ways, old residents. So God wants to change the way we are led 2 Peter 1, 3, we won't turn there tonight, but it, this passage of Scripture tells me I actually have everything I need for life and godliness. Everything I would ever so need, He has placed within my hand. Either it's in the Word, or it's coming by the Spirit of God who's leading me, or it's coming by great connection with great leaders around me in the beautiful church. Everything I need for life and godliness is ready. Who's ever been tricked? I shouldn't say this. Who's ever been tricked into like a HelloFresh box delivered to your door? Who sees those ads and go, yes, I need fruit and vegetables delivered to my door every three days. I can't afford it, to be honest. But um, we did sign up for the free trial, which I cancelled as soon as the free trial was over. <laughs> but I tell you what, I wish, oh, I wish in my selfish nature that Christ was like that. That in the morning, I could go down to my door and everything I needed for that day, every ounce of patience I needed was there pre-packaged at my door, awaiting me to prepare for my children so I wouldn't be cross. <laughs> but God is not like that. He doesn't deliver to us in a beautifully packaged gift each morning exactly what we need, except for how we find it in His communion. We only find it by this beautiful exchange. We only get what we need when we sit and we abide and we grow in Him. And what He does over the course of our life is not just give us the fruit of patience. He shows us how to grow it. He takes us almost like into the garden of our life and says, okay, we've got some work to do. I'm not going to give you faith. I'm going to give you a seed. You're going to grow this. I'm not going to give you endurance. You're going to grow endurance. But the beautiful thing about Him is He stays with us. Through it all, leading us gently, cultivating in us a life that people look to and see is good because it reflects a good father. Amen.
when uh, when we were when I was a kid, um, I grew up out west. I grew up in Penrith, and so um, not quite there, but a little closer to home tonight. Yo, Penrith! Can't take the roof out of the girl, but um, got a dollar, mate? No, I don't. Um, <laughs> we um, and so I visit my mum out there quite often. It's close to home, so not not so far out here for me. But uh, we, we didn't have a lot growing up. I grew up in housing commission and uh, we had, what we did have though was incredible, my mum met the Lord when I was in about uh, year, year two and what we did have in my life was incredible families of faith. God provided uh, generous fathers and wealthy families through the house of God. What I'm not so grateful for was the endless supply of people's chocos. Who is experienced with a choco? Is it a fruit or a vegetable? I'm really not quite sure. I've lost half of you. Do not know what I'm talking about? It's like a green wrinkled um, fruit. Are we talking about a fruit here? No one really knows. It's a vegetable. Thank you. You look, you look like you know what you're talking about. It is a vegetable. Well, uh, I know we're talking about fruit tonight, but... Oh, this vegetable. So people, people used to grow this tree. It's like a choco vine. And it was glorious in the 80s, I imagine, in the 90s potentially. And so amidst all this beautiful blessing and generosity, we would have people at church who would give us bags of chocos. Let's give it to the poor people we love. <laughs> and bless my mom. Oh, man, she is still the most remarkable woman I know. And made miracles happen every week with budgets and food and school fees. She would mash chocos, boil chocos, peel chocos. We had choco fries. She would sneak the chocos into the mashed potato. Like, am I said chocos in this mashed potato? <laughs> Just to, you know, use the generous fruit that people gave us. Can I tell you, if there's fruit off your life that no one wants, it's not from God. The only fruit of your life that people are going to want is the God fruit. It's the fruit that no one else can grow unless they're connected to the vine, not the choco vine, the vine. And if I'm connected to the vine, only good fruit is going to grow from my life. So the people around me are only going to see beautiful, flourishing, blossoming, bulbous fruit. And so God, we ask you tonight to refresh us again in the areas that we need to surrender Galatians 5 verse 16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, God lead us. You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Here we go. You ready? They're quite serious. You ready for this? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, it gets worse. Hold on. Rivalries, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. That's a little full on. Sometimes it's easy to look at those things and go, well, I'm not there, Lord. <laughs> I'm not one of those. But sometimes it's even the smaller things that just lead us a little away little pride or little leaning towards a certain way that God still wants to lead us in. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things there is no law, no law. Only God has the ability to bear this beautiful fruit in us. You know, when I first came to really make my own decision for the Lord, I'd grown up, like I said, with my mom in a Christian, a beautiful Christian church, and 
and uh, kind of leaning into my teen years, I really made that decision for my own life, which is always a good thing to um, make a decision for you. And I felt like one of the first things God began to deal with, because he is a gentleman and deals with often only one thing at a time, was he placed in my hand a seed of forgiveness. Now, before Christ, I really had no desire for a seed like that. I really wasn't even aware of how angry and resentful uh, and a little manipulative, if I can say that, I was as a teenager. I would write hate letters, in fact, not to many people, a few people. (laughs) They're not in this room, by the way. But I remember God leading me, and it was through services like this. It was like service after service. All I kept hearing was the same thing. It was about releasing forgiveness. It was about releasing forgiveness. It was about having received forgiveness and releasing forgiveness. It's almost like God was really just saying one thing. You need to start to grow something in your life. Have you ever been aware of something ugly that's been growing in your life and thought, where did that come from? And then all of a sudden, God begins to deroot that tree and plant something else. I wish he did that all in one day. I wish there was a a taking out of the old tree, all the roots, all the systems, all the underneath the surface and the tree that he was planting being there it was, but he doesn't. He begins to chop one tree down while you're watering the other tree and they're growing and they're killing and they're dying simultaneously. Can we throw this beautiful picture, beautiful is the wrong word, can we throw this picture on the screen? Have you ever felt maybe in church or in a situation something come up and you thought, I think I dealt with that. And you realize there's a little something growing. I think uh, in my younger years with God, I would think um, he would be quite shocked, maybe a little disappointed in me. (laughs) The longer I've walked with him, which I know I've still got a while to go, but I realize he's quite unshockable. And in fact, he's not alarmed sometimes by the things that are growing, but he certainly wants us to come back to surrender so that we can begin again the next stage of uprooting what that is. And, uh, and so God began to grow beautiful, freeing grace that has actually been one of the most evident gifts I feel in my life, not only publicly, but privately, God wants to do a work in you that is evident to others and sometimes it will require going back and beginning to allow him in to every area of your life. We've got to get moving. Let's get moving. So hey, have you turned to Matthew 13 on your iPhone or lean on with the person next to you? And uh, we're going to take off from verse 1. And uh, it's a passage of the, of, the, of the Word, it's in the Gospel, so Jesus is on earth, if you're not quite familiar with uh, how the Bible works. And this is a story of, uh, of a story he's telling those who are following him. Actually, a great crowd is following him. And like I mentioned earlier, it's really talking about salvation and accepting Christ and accepting this God life. But we're going to go a little, a little different angle tonight. Let's pick up from verse 3. And he told them many things in parables, in stories saying, a sower went out to sow seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. Some birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell along along rocky grounds where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. And here we go. 
other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, some 100, some 60, some 30-fold. Hear, hear, hear the word. Hear the word. What is he saying? He's saying, I've got seed I'm sowing into your life. There's nothing wrong with the seed. The seed's actually perfect. Where the imperfections are is in the receiving and the growing and the nurturing and the cultivating of soil that's going to accept all that God wants to do in my life. So we've got to remain surrendered to him, don't we? So my first thought for you tonight from this verse 4, he sowed seed and some fell along the path and the birds came and ate them up. You know, we haven't even told you what we're talking about. We're talking about a series this, um, these last few weeks called uh, Behind the Scenes. You probably know that. You're looking at me like, yeah, we know that. And uh, this weekend specifically, we're talking about being honest to God in our integrity and how we live our life, that it matches public to private. It's the same thing. It's, there's no hidden curtains, secrets are revealed. God is doing the same thing in us that people see that, that is also happening in the quiet heart place of our heart. This first thought here for you tonight is, honestly, God, break me. Can I encourage you to let God to speak to you about the hard areas of your life? Maybe paths that have been built for a reason. Maybe they were to protect you. Maybe they were to get through. Maybe they were to fight through something. And you've built paths in your life. But here comes God wanting to break up every hard place in our life and begin to soften. Sometimes these areas are the most obvious to other people. Ah! Like the areas that are the most uh, our quick response. That's just my nature. I'm just like that. I'm just a fiery Irish girl. <laughs> I'm not talking about me. You don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Anger and envy, jealousy and deceit are not the evidence of God. I've always had this path, Lord. It's what I've walked on my whole life. But, you know, God wants us to pause. He wants to stop and he wants us to begin to unravel those hard places so that when people look at our life, there's no hardness. There's no hardness of heart. There's no area that would make them and the seed in their life just disappear because they know it's not for real. Um, James and I often talk about this. Um, just areas of life that we feel like God's talking to us about. And, uh, and I encourage you, there's, there's not, you don't tell everyone. You don't, you know, raise it in a room full of connect group people. Maybe there's a leader or a friend, someone you're praying with. That actually, God's really dealing with this area of my life. I want to stay accountable. Help me in this. So when people look at my life, they can see God's doing a work that's changing me. I'm not who I used to be 10 years ago. My second thought tonight, this is uh, from Matthew 13, verse 5. And it's this, honestly, God, clean me. Other seed fell on rocky grounds where they did not have much soil. Immediately they sprang up, but since they had no depths in soil, they withered. This is interesting soil. It's evidently got a desire for God. It's no doubt hungry for God, and yet there's evidence of the world. It's a little mixed. It's a little unsure. It's a little here, there. It's a little foot in here, a little foot in there, a little bit of a dance going on. Like I said before, God is not shocked by the little dance, the little temptation. But there are, there are days and times where he says, you've got to do some cleaning out. You've got to begin to take out some of those rocks. And sometimes it's one by one. It's identifying, I've got to get rid of this rock. Sometimes it's casting it out. That's always a good day. Casting out the demons. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story because James isn't here? Okay, it's also right. Don't tell, oh, I've got eight minutes. Oh, what to do? I'm torn. I'll tell you. Okay, so Mike Connell, do you know amazing Pastor Mike Connell? He's like coming to a deliverance ministry. We're like all helping out on the altar call. And he's like, you, James is like, come here. He's praised for him. He's like delivering him. Anyway, he's down on the ground. And then he says to Pastor Jake Betlam, Jake, finish him off. 
James is going, oh, Lord, oh, goodness, what's going on down here? This is many years ago. Don't worry. All is being revealed and all is clean. All is clean. We need to get honest to God. If there's rocks that are hidden in a little bit of private, God needs to get in there. The rocks that are public, the rocks that are under the ground, he's going to get in there. You need to allow him to get in there. Those are the kinds of things that stumble people who don't maybe come to church. They see things in us and go, that's odd. That can't be the life of a Christian. I don't want to have anything in my life that is going to hinder someone from surrendering their life to God, a good God that will change them. But if there are rocks, don't be shocked. Just deal with them. Cast them out one by one. One by one. Acknowledge there are some desires that are not a part of your future. Some desires that are going to hinder the growth in you and probably the growth in other people around you. Just resign to the fact. There are areas and places and ways in which I used to live that I don't anymore, for God is in me. Verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns. The thorns grew up and choked them. This third thought for you. Honestly, God, show me. I like to think I'm an, uh, an avid gardener. But recently, in our old house, I lived next to this beautiful elderly neighbor, and her garden was extravagant. My garden looked like a tip compared to her garden. And one afternoon, we were talking across the fence, as we do, and she's having a cup of tea, and I'm just twirling this gorgeous vine around my fence, just encouraging it to grow. And she said, oh, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I'm just, you know, I thought, you know, it'd be nice if I grew this around here. And she leans across in her delicate, gracious way with a cup of tea and said, darling, you know, it's a weed, don't you? <laughs> I said, no, I didn't. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the only thing I can grow. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it's not that we intentionally are, you know, harvesting rocks in our life. Sometimes we're just not sure. Sometimes we have thoughts that sound like God. Is that God? Is that religious? Is that me? Is that good intention? Or is that actually going to bind me up? That's where we need the Holy Spirit. I find speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other languages helpful at this time. Reveal to me. Reveal to me, God. Am I, li am I living in the right? Is there anything? Is there anything, Lord? Is there anything I'm not aware of, God? And he will reveal that to us. Is there good, good fruit growing up alongside weeds? That's what I love about uh, the church. And I know you do too. In this room, there are people who have walked with God for twice as long as some of us. And they've gone through journeys and surrendered areas of their life that we are yet to surrender, potentially. And that's wonderful about gathering together and being able to glean from people who have are further along the pathway. That's why we're starting Next Step, right? So that we all begin to move. We're all moving somewhere, whether we've been here for 20 years, five years, three months. We're all moving somewhere. And often, we get to take someone with us. Often, some of the areas that God's speaking to us about aren't just for us. It's for those around us. So be encouraged that people are always watching you. Is that encouraging? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's good. Certainly, the Lord's always watching us. Not in a judging way, but in a way that says, come on, you're going to live right. You're going to live pure. And I'm going to give you the capacity to do that. Because it's not all on us, thank you, Jesus. 
the ability to live righteous and pure and whole and good comes from a righteous, pure, holy, good God who has given us his spirit and everything we need. So be encouraged tonight. I might ask Angie, would you join me? Beautiful. The last thing I, the last thought I wanted to share tonight is God's given us this great seed and uh, part of our life is actually sowing it into others' lives. Do you have people in your world that don't know him? <laughs> Got this dear friend at the moment I'm praying for and I can see a turning day. But I'm probably the only one in the world right now who sees that. But all we can do is continue to live in a way that reflects the goodness of God to the best of our ability, despite what we're facing, and pray that God would use the fruit of our life and the seed that we're just throwing it. I feel like every time we're, I'm just throwing seed, I'm just throwing love. It's not the gospel. I'm not like, you need Jesus. It's more like, I love you. You're going to do great. You're going to get that interview. You got this. You're a great friend. If they, if they call, I'm, oh, I'm, I answer. It's just being available. It's being ready. It's being whatever you can to reflect the goodness and the nearness of a loving God. Because I remember someone doing that for me, right? I remember someone introducing me to what it was to take the Holy Spirit home. Oh, that was a good day. I remember that day. You can take this home. What? That would be amazing. You mean I can have the presence of God in my bedroom even as a kid what God does that a God that has no bounds that has no limits that has no end of love isn't tired of loving us and a God that has great things in store for us so we're going to do two things tonight we're going to pray for those in our world who are looking to us <laughs> to bear the fruit of Christ and we're going to pray for those of you who really long to have a relationship with Christ. You're like, I've lived a life, or I've lived some of my life, and I've maybe lived it outside of connection with this God you're talking about. I'm going to pray for you tonight. It's your night. And we're going to pray that the God of heaven will meet you right amidst whatever you're facing. And you're going to go home with the presence of a loving God so you can face whatever it is you've got to wake up to tomorrow. So can you close your eyes where you are? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're with us tonight. We thank you, God, for your word. Lord, it truly does make us strong. So Lord, tonight, make us strong. We want to be stronger. We want to better reflect your goodness, Lord. We thank you, God, that the areas of our life, they're not news to you, Lord, the ones that you're working on. And we surrender them again to you tonight, Lord. We ask for help. We ask for the help of heaven. And we know, Lord, that nothing is impossible for you. So we surrender it all again tonight, Lord. We thank you for the fruit of our life already. Lord, all you've done already, Lord, we thank you, God. And right now, Father, we lift up those dear friends of ours who are going through whatever it is they're going through, facing whatever they're facing, Lord, and yet they're facing it without you. Lord, we pray that they would find the strength that only comes from you. And we pray that we'll be a part of that beautiful story. Why don't you think of them right now? Those dear friends, maybe it's one, maybe it's a family member, a daughter, a son. Lord, we thank you that we're going to be a part of their story, 
Show us how to help them, Lord.